0: Support for X-Ray FM comes from Rum Club. Rum Club supports local radio and local drinking. Located at 720 Southeast Sandy Boulevard, Rum Club offers a selection of craft cocktails and rums. More information at
1: rumclubpdx.com. Listeners, you are tuned in to X-Ray FM on KXRY Portland. Find us at 91.1 and at 107.1 on Portland's FM dial. Find us streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. Music lovers, this is Tropicology with great rare groove music from Africa, Brazil, and Latin America. I am your host, Encyclopedia Sound. Along the way, I try to bring you some cultural and artistic context for the sounds on each show. Today, we return to what is perhaps the most broadly popular musical theme I regularly cover on the show... I'm talking about African funk. Africa was the source of musical ideas that would come together in the Americas to give birth to funk music. But when you listen to most funk music from Africa, it's pretty clear that those musicians are directly working with the musical conventions that started here. In some cases, African musicians took inspirations from American musical forms, but went on to create truly original music with those inspirations. Much Afro-Latin, for example, is recognizably distinct from Latin music produced in the Americas. But African funk is not one of those cases. Most African funk sounds pretty much exactly like U.S. funk. What really stands out to me is how well Africans were able to mimic our sounds. In many of these African countries, the local recording industry was barely 10 years old when they started making funk music. And yet, here come these polished gems of African funk, sounding every bit as sharp and professional as the JBs or Cool in the Gang, maybe just one step short of the sophistication found in Earth, Wind, and Fire albums. I guess what I'm trying to say here is that African funk is extremely accessible to gringo ears, and very enjoyable. Maybe that explains why this is among my most popular musical themes. I'm going to kick off the playlist today with a set of funky tunes, channeling a bit more of a disco four on the floor kind of vibe. After the break, I'll close out hour one with some highlife sounds. Highlife was the most popular musical style in the 1960s across the countries that have given us the most African funk, which are Ghana, Benin, and Nigeria. So when funk came along in the 1970s, many musicians here were eager to apply funky musical conventions to their local highlife standards. Our two will begin with a little harder-edged sound. This will be a bit of a funk rock set. Then I'll send you out today with some upbeat African funk to lift your spirits at the end of the set. There are a few newish releases in the playlist today that I'd like to call out. First is a contemporary release by French musician producer Etienne Sevette, known in the music world as the Bongo Hop. If you can get by the goofy cover art, There is some good music here, along with participation by musical stars, including club vocalists Paulo Flores and Nidia Gongora, along with a remix by Bruno Patchworks-Hovart of Voila Fame. We'll hear a few tracks today from a second brand new project, a contemporary group from Ghana called Salt Pond City Band. We will hear some reissues today as well. There will be a couple tracks from the latest reissued LP by Ghanaian funk and High Life star Alhaji K. Frimpong. Francis Hot Casa record label has given us three reissued LPs by this artist over the past couple years. They seem to have rights to his full catalog. Another group busy lately with African reissues has been the Acid Jazz label out of London. They've given us about a half dozen reissues of Benin's Orchestra Polyrhythmo over the past couple years, but their latest offering covers a different band from Benin, Orchestra Le Volcan. Finally, I'll be dropping a track from a nice reissue of the first LP from a Nigerian psychedelic funk band known as El Cados. That LP is titled The World is Full of Injustice and was reissued on the Afrodelic label. African funk is the theme on today's tropicology.
2: we Come on.
1: Listeners, this is Tropicology, bringing you great rare groove music from Africa, Brazil, and Latin America. I am Encyclopedia Sound. My theme today is African Funk. As I mentioned in the opening mic break, African Funk sounds a lot like funk music from the U.S. It is very approachable for gringo ears and easy to enjoy. But that fact also makes it hard for me to talk a lot about the subject. There's just not that much interesting to say about African artists mimicking sounds from the U.S. So today I thought I'd pivot a bit in the mic breaks and talk about how funk music got started in our own country. This is an interesting story and certainly worth a little airtime. Everyone seems to love a neat and tidy origin story. If you look around, you can find many sources who will tell you that the first funk song of all time was Cold Sweat by James Brown released in 1967. If you dig a little deeper, you can find the interesting nugget that the song Cold Sweat came out the way it did by accident. Apparently, the original recording for Cold Sweat was performed at a significantly higher tempo, which does make sense. A faster tempo would fit right into that famous Flames playbook with a sound like boom da da boom 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 da 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 boom 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 Apparently, at some point in the production process, a technician mistakenly played back the tape at a reduced speed. James Brown liked what he heard, so they went on to reorchestrate and produce the song at that slower tempo, and the success of that song led to more and more groups working in that slower tempo, funky vibe. If you like simple stories, that is your origin of funk. But music lovers everywhere are a bit too savvy to swallow that story. We've heard early popular music from New Orleans, and there certainly were plenty of funky sounds coming out of the Big Easy before 1967. How about Big Chief by Professor Longhair, released in 1964? That song comes down hard on the one beat in a funk style. I'm not sure what anyone might point to in Big Chief that would identify it as anything other than funk music. Let's take it back even further. Huey Piano Smith released Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu" back in 1957, and that song sure sounds funky with a big bump on the one beat. There are actually hundreds, probably thousands of tracks from New Orleans prior to Cold Sweat that sound plenty funky to me. They just don't make as good a story as the tempo-shifted master tape from the Godfather of Soul. So I'm going to assert that New Orleans is the true home of funk music, But why New Orleans, and what were the musical influences that gave birth to funk? That is a story that I've told on this show before. I'll be back with those details at the top of the hour. You are listening to Tropicology.
3: Support for X-Ray FM comes from Porque No Taqueria. Since 2005, Porque No has been committed to both the communities and the food that they serve. More information online at PorqueNoTacos.com or at their two locations on North Mississippi and Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard.
0: Support for X-Ray FM comes from Spielman Bagels and Coffee. Opened by Rick Spielman and his son Raph, Spielman has been serving handmade boiled and baked bagels and coffee since 2011. Their flagship store can be found on Southeast 21st and Division, or find one of their other shops on Northwest 23rd and Lovejoy, Northeast 22nd and Broadway,
1: or in Multnomah Village. This is X-Ray FM on KXRY Portland. Find us at 91.1 and at 107.1 on Portland's FM dial. Find us streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. <laughs> Listeners, this is Tropicology, today giving you another dose of African funk music. In my mic breaks today, I thought it would be interesting to talk about the origins of funk music in our own country. In the last mic break, I made the case for you listeners that the origins of funk music lie in New Orleans, debunking the myth that Cold Sweat by James Brown was the first piece of funk music. In this mic break, I'll talk about why New Orleans came to be the birthplace of funk music, This is a story I've repeated before during some of my Latin music sets. As we all know, the single most recognizable element of funk music is coming down hard on the one beat. That distinguished funk music from its predecessor of soul music with soul clap accents on the two and the four. It also distinguished funk music from its successor disco with its standard four on the floor rhythm structure. As I like to remind everyone, that emphasis on the one beat did not materialize out of thin air. That has been a longtime staple of Latin music forms coming out of Cuba. Just count out the melodies to Guajira Guantanamera or Peanut Vendor in your head and see where those emphasized beats are. Spoiler alert, the points of emphasis are on the one. That is an almost universal characteristic of Latin music. Back in the 30s and 40s, there were only two places in the U.S. where Cuban music was heard with any frequency. At that time, Miami was mostly still a swamp, so Miami was not yet on the musical map. The first place on my list was New York. Much of the early Cuban music we know was recorded in New York rather than in Cuba, with musicians taking boat rides up the eastern seaboard to access professional recording facilities. While those musicians were in New York, they usually gigged around town, starting this country's craze for the Roomba beat. Over time, that influence in New York evolved into boogaloo and shingaling sounds that were popular in the 50s and 60s. The other place in the U.S. where Cuban music was heard before World War II was New Orleans. New Orleans lies just across the Gulf from Havana, and merchant ships passed between those ports with great frequency, providing a superhighway of musical influence sharing. In Havana, New Orleans musical influences started the craze for trumpets and upright bass. In New Orleans, Cuban influences taught our musicians how to put that emphasis on the one beat, directly fostering the famous New Orleans second line boogie rhythm. In fact, lots of early New Orleans R&B did not stop at an emphasis on the one beat, They took on the full cubit clave, playing it with the three count before the two count. If you listen to Professor Longhair's first recording of Mardi Gras in New Orleans, the song bangs out clave rhythm on actual clave sticks. In that 3-2 style of clave, the opening beat aligns perfectly with the one beat in the counted western meter. So when James Brown and Sly Stone started messing with funk in the late 60s, They had plenty of funky influences to draw from in New Orleans, with a sound that had its origins in Cuba. But if we look back even further, we will see that the convention of putting that hard emphasis on the one actually came all the way from Africa. I'll tell that last piece of the story in the final mic break. This is Tropicology.
0: Tengo ya megalo. Esa es la trompeta.
1: Listeners, this is Tropicology on X-Ray FM, today playing a new episode of African Funk. I'm talking about the origins of funk music in the mic breaks today. In this break, I'll be connecting funk music with its earliest origins in Africa. When you hear contemporary funk musicians talk about the convention of coming down hard on the one beat, they often describe it as the one point in the meter all musicians play in unison. After that, for the rest of the meter, each musician has a little freedom to play their own vamp, diverting from the other instrumental lines until the musicians come together again on the one beat at the start of the next meter cycle. That description always rang true for me with the sense of freedom in funk music. Funk gives musicians the freedom to stretch out and get loose. It is not a tightly scripted musical form. That style of playing together in music sounds a lot to me like African group drumming traditions. In traditional group drumming from places like Nigeria and the Congo, there is a challenge to keep so many different percussionists together through a musical performance. It is the job of the lead drummer in those groups to provide a steady tempo under the music that all other percussionists can follow. You might expect that the lead drummer would be the one with the most opportunities for soloing and improvisation, but that is not the case. The most experienced drummer in the group served the role of anchoring that underlying tempo. Coming down hard on the one is one of the techniques lead drummers use to achieve this steady tempo. Lead drummers would strike that hard one as a signal to let all other musicians know where they are in the music. Then they would have an extended period in the music for improvisations while always knowing that the leader would keep the time. So I strongly believe that the convention of coming down hard on the one came right out of African group drumming traditions. That is all the music history and theory for today. I've got some up-tempo African funk coming up now to close the show. Thank you, as always, for listening to Tropicology. (muchos)
3: I watia I'm watia the artist. I'm not the artist. I'm not the artist. sisi, am not the artist. i
4: I'm a